Good morning, good evening, namaste, hola, bonjour, kere meir and marapan. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 68 of the podcast, Each One, Teach Ten, An Amazing World of STEM, an inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We all will learn together how to build a STEM culture. Well, for today, my guest is Ms. Melissa Hayes, who is a second grade teacher and this is her 25th year in education. She's also an author and her children's book titled ABBS will be coming out this fall. She loves coaching girls on the run, presenting at educational conferences and shares her passion for inclusion, STEM and making memorable learning experiences for a second grade family. It's my honor to have you here on my podcast, Ms. Melissa. So how are we doing today? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm doing very well. Very blessed to be on. Thanks. Thank you so much. And how's the weather been today? Uh, very hot. Humid, rainy, but very hot. Very hot. <laughs> I can relate to that. It's pretty similar here in India as well. All right, so moving on, like, I would love to know more about you and the work that you're doing. And I also want you to, you know, tell our audience about that as well. Um, well, I'm Melissa Hayes, as you said. Um, I teach second grade. I substituted from grades K through eight my first year. And then I got a job at Sunrise Academy, which was an Islamic Arabic school for a year. And then um, I also taught second grade there. And then after that, I've been at a district for the last 23 years teaching second grade. Um, I can't really think of any other grade I would want to teach. I'm just so passionate about that grade. And um I am passionate about inclusion. I think having a daughter with Down syndrome makes me more aware of all kids and their abilities and making education, um, their experiences so memorable, I think is is a huge passion of mine as well. That's really inspiring that you're passionate about teaching second grade and making their learning experience really amazing. And since you've been working on school and engagement and empowering them, today we'll be discussing like the questions related more about, you know, the work that you've done regarding school and engagement and how can our fellow audience listening to us today can take that as an insight to follow that up in their classrooms as well. So my first question for you is how has student engagement evolved in recent years? particularly with the rise of digital technology and online learning platforms? I think that COVID, which was such a dreadful time, opened the doors so much for our kids and forced teachers. And I don't mean forced in a bad way, but I mean teachers who never thought of using certain apps or platforms that their district uses, they didn't really use at all. But during COVID, they were forced 
to use those and find so many ways to reach our kids online that it the kids thrived. I know a lot of people talked about kids being online and there were setbacks, but there was so much more during that COVID phase. And I know I taught a whole year of online, which was so hard for me. But to see the kids thrive with learning different apps, navigating online, being in many different places, but still coming together as a whole class, whether it was virtual or not, we were there, we were learning, and we were engaged um, the majority of the time as well. So I think that was huge. Um, The sites and the apps that were discovered during that time and still are, now AI has soared to new heights. And I just think for me, um, no matter the stressors that I'm feeling, I get goosebumps every time I think about me being as an elementary kid so long ago. And now my littles have feel so much more empowered. They have a voice, they have a choice, and they have such a more active role now than they did when I was a kid. It just, it it ignites that passion in me every time to know, wow, if I was that kid in that classroom back then, I think I would have loved school more. I wasn't as in love with elementary school, but I think if I would have had that teacher that brought the world in more and engaged more and we had everything at our fingertips, I think, and, and you as a student being more student-centered and having that empowerment and choice and voice, I think it would have impacted more kids to love school even more. So I just get super exhilarated by everything that's going on in education now. Absolutely. COVID opened up the doors for the kids to, you know, really explore different opportunities to learn so many skills online. Like, I think I would see myself as one of them there because I learned, you know, about coding, graphic designing, calligraphy, poetry, like gaming and like God knows which other things I learned during COVID because that is a time where, you know, we actually could give time to basically improving our skill sets besides just, you know, the curriculum of the school. And like you mentioned, it also helped teachers to step out of their comfort zone and teach online. And some of the teachers who were comfortable with that were able to adapt to that quickly. But the ones who'd never taught, like, you know, never used these tools, like you said, they were forced, but slowly they adapted to it. And then I can see like now they're very much comfortable using it. Like we had a online class a few days before because of some flood issues happening in the north zone in my country so like they were pretty comfortable like just joined in did the class and the next day we're back to offline so that's basically you know you develop a comfort zone that even Mm -hmm. if you have to teach online or offline you're perfectly fine with that because now you're adapted to that and like you mentioned that seeing kids thriving online and being at different places in their houses, but still being able to come together as a whole class makes you feel happy. And absolutely, like you mentioned, there have been different sites and apps discovered for online engagement, especially with AI, like you said. And also, 
all of these tools, like you've mentioned, are able to provide voice choice and agency to your students and give them a, a more active role. And I absolutely agree with that because in today's generation, like you said, that we have more engaged, engageful classrooms where teachers are teaching with amazing, engaging tools. That's really lovely that you mentioned that you would love school more being a student right now and learning from those teachers who are engaging things like you're doing right now in the classroom. <laughs> All right, moving on to my next question um, for you is how do different learning styles and preferences impact student engagement? And how can teachers accommodate these differences? So I think it's important to start with the very first month you get to know your kids because it's not just about their learning styles, but about their likes, their dislikes, their passions. Um, how can I hook them into doing something that they really don't want to do? If it's writing, which I always say writing because little kids are not very passionate about writing, but it's like with any kids, they want, you want to open that door of trust and you want to hook them and engage them, whatever the case may be, Minecraft, Fortnite, whatever we can hook them, that's how we're going to do it. And we shouldn't have a one size fits all. Um, I know if we're in a staff meeting, you don't want a sit and get, which some people might like, but for me, I can't. I can't be engaged like that. So that's why we have all these apps and, and different learning styles to meet the needs of any ability in our classroom. So I, I do think that those passions can be used to ignite a love of learning in any content and that we can engage our learners by giving them obviously the choice and the voice and the empowerment. And then we can use the sites and the apps, um, movement, whatever the case may be to hook them into any learning for any content. Absolutely. Uh, That's really like, you know, interesting that like, you're talking about teachers focusing on the first month when the students come to school and like focus on the likes, dislikes and their passions. And that's when we can build those doors of trust. And I really mm -hmm. love the example of, you know, hooking them up with different activities, with different applications and diff because each application has uh, has a focus on different learning styles, like you said, Minecraft, yeah. Fortnite. Of course, Minecraft is my all-time favorite, and I can totally <laughs> agree with that. So it's really amazing. I think it's a wonderful insight to the audience as well that how different tools and especially games can be used for you know in empowering students and also helping them to build up their passions and also help them to focus on how the dislikes can be turned to likes in some interesting activities. Yeah, and I think that it doesn't matter. I feel like some teachers limit themselves by the ages of the kids. Yeah. But I would say any age, there's always that ability to be able to do, like I probably can't do the Minecraft that you can do, but I can still do something. So I feel like sometimes we limit our kids based on age or maybe a label that the doctors say they have mm -hmm. instead of looking at what they can do and seeing the ability that shines through them. So, Absolutely. I totally agree. Age is just a number. You can, of course, you know, learn things at any age and uh, it can improve. 
as it goes up yes. uh, you know with growing age so i have a question for you that what role does hands on experiential learning play in enhancing student engagement in stem and can you also share like a success story or personal experience of students who initially lagged in trust by using stem activities but then became engaged and successful using those activities that you used in the classroom sure so i think it's it's huge not just for the movement or the experimental piece but also stem allows them to work together it allows them to listen to each other it allows them to communicate to problem solve there's empathy there's grace there's patience there's so many other qualities that they use outside of the problem solving skills that stem science technology already encompasses. So um, when incorporating the STEM, which should not just be siloed, I always compare it to SEL, which shouldn't be siloed either. It should be incorporated in any subject area that we teach. Um, I taught second grade online during the COVID all year, and um, there were 10 second grade classes in that online. <laughs> time. So there was 10 teachers and I actually initiated a STEM each month. Um, and Or no, each week actually. There was a STEM a week. And um, I created it. I pushed it out to all the second grade classes. And then I even did drop-offs for my kids in my class of recycled items. So each week when we did the STEM project, they would have recycled items at their fingertips. So I would emphasize those projects and using the recycled materials. And then we talk about like SDGs and how to incorporate certain things. So a lot of them said it was like the most favorite part of the whole year. And it was such a hard year. It was isolated, but this was such an active problem-based hands-on activity that we did a week that definitely was a memory they will never forget. So the stems ranged from like a cloud viewer during our um, weather unit. So I didn't say like, um, we're gonna make a cloud, I forget what it's called. I used viewer just because they couldn't use binoculars. I had so many cool um, artifacts that they created that I never even would have thought of doing that. So, um, I had cloud viewers. Some kids made a, we made a giving tree to showcase the Kynax during the year. We had a Cinderella's um, shoe that they created during our fairy tale that they had to create a shoe that wouldn't fall off her foot. Had to be pretty. It had to be so many inches long. So um, that year was just a big success because it was such a hard year. It was a struggling year. It was hard because we couldn't see each other. We had to be online. But that was a highlight um, each year because when I would do the drop-offs, you would see them on the porch waving to me or coming out saying, hi, Mrs. Hayes, as I dropped it off, got my car, and then they would come outside and wave. So it was, um, the stems were a definite highlight for the year. That's really amazing and inspiring that you use STEM in such a way for, you know, making the best out of the worst and like you mentioned, that STEM allows them to communicate, to problem solve, 
by being empathetic, using the creativity. And I totally agree with the part when you mentioned that STEM can be used in any subject, anywhere, like being at your school, at your home, does not matter. And mm. the idea of, you know, STEM activity every week is really, really awesome. Like you use recycled icons or with SDGs and STEM being incorporated. And that's really great example of, like you said, using a giving tree to show the acts of kindness that happened during the entire year or the funny and lovely example of using Cinderella shoe to, you know, create and showcase the size and all. So that's really amazing that, you know, through a tough year, we could actually make out the best out of it by learning new skills and also helping your students to learn those skills as well, which initially they were not aware of, but through wonderful fun activities, they were easily able to adapt to that and able to learn the concept of STEM along with SDGs, like you mentioned. So that's amazing. That was a big success. Thanks. <laughs> it's fun. I have a fun question for you as well. So which till date has been your favorite movie? Which what? Your favorite movie. What's my favorite movie? Oh, jeez. My favorite movie. Um, <laughs> well, my daughter and I watched the Mario movie. That was pretty cute. <laughs> nice. I can't I can't find a favorite movie. They're all so good. I like all of them. Like we watch Clifford too. That's such a good movie. Wonder, that's such a good movie. I have too many movies. They're all <laughs> so good. And then I haven't went to see the Barbie movie. Have you seen oh. that? No, but I did get to see Oppenheimer. Oh, was that a good movie? It was. Yes. I've heard that one was good too. Yeah, All my friends were literally like when the Barbie movie was released, like, "Mom, we're not coming to the tuition today. We have to go and watch the Barbie movie. We're not coming. We're not coming." I'm like, "What's so fun that like we've all seen, you know, the cartoon Barbie, but I think it has really good hype. So, I have my exam going on right now. I'm gonna see like if my mom allows me, like we can go together and watch it. Oh yeah, that would be good. Yes, I'll, once I see it, we'll have to compare notes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's amazing. But Oppenheimer is actually a good movie. Like, if you get a chance, you should watch it. Yes, I need to go see that one, too. There's so many good ones out. Yeah. Thank you. That was a fun question time. And now, my next question for you. Um, I would like to ask you that how have you... Like, have you used, you know, virtual labs and education labs to leverage student engagement in STEM? We haven't used any labs, um, but we do use a lot of apps for the STEM. Um, one app, well, I, you know that I am obsessed with Microsoft Flip. Before it was Flip, it was Flipgrid. Um, We've used that when it was Flipgrid and now it's Flip. But the kids use that more as a tool to showcase um, who's in their group, the supplies they used, the successes, the failures, and then their STEM in action, um, whether it's a coding STEM or a problem-based STEM or an SDG, whatever's incorporated in the STEM. Um, we also use coding tools too 
that we might app smash, uh, but we love Tinker, Code Spark, um, Merge. So those are some, but we don't, we, I've never used any labs though. Nice. I really like the idea of using Flip, you know, in, incorporating coding STEM or with SDGs. And I absolutely agree, like Flip is a really good tool for leverage student engagement. And also, I think it all is a way to enhance the communication and collaboration skills of students because it helps them to, you know, voice out their opinions. And also, like, they can, you know, go through the opinions of other people and, you know, help to, it helps them to get more insight and also share their opinions with the people. So if they're a little bit shy in the classroom, they can be more yes. open using Flip. Yeah. I also like the fact that Flip is, can be used as a kindergartner up to a college or high school student with a child who my daughter has Down syndrome. So for her to be able to use it in high school and remember it in elementary school, you know, you don't want to use the same thing and it look babyish. So it's so versatile that any learner can use it. I love that. Absolutely. That's just such a huge impact for me. So I love that. That's that amazing. Really amazing. So uh, moving on to my next question, I'd like to ask you, um, how can parents and guardians support their children's engagement in learning both inside and outside of the classroom? Um, well, for inside the classroom, I would just say open your doors to them because, you know, as a parent, I want to be a part of my kids' um, schoolwork and, and making them feel successful. That doesn't necessarily mean giving me work for them to do, but um, I look at it as the world is our classroom. So um, things that parents could do um, could be plan a vacation, use Google Earth, have an agenda, have a budget, how many miles are we going to travel? I mean, if they really want to go somewhere, have them plan it all out, have them write it all down. Um, maybe it's a mom and daughter day or a mom and son day or a dad and daughter day, have them plan it out. Um, I think them being engaged in what they're doing, even if it's a supper they want to cook, have them go shopping, have them make the list, give them the budget, how much money can they spend? I mean, you can modify that to any age and any ability. Um, but that right there is is real world and it's so much more um, beneficial and memorable than doing a worksheet just off to the side. So <laughs> I would just use real world experiences. Absolutely. That's really substantial as well, that for parents, they can open their doors for the students. And I really uh, like the example, like you said, the world is our classroom. So examples like, you know, as a planning of a vacation, you can use Google Earth, set a budget, take the places that you want to go at, and then plan it entirely, you know, by the students themselves. Or like if you want to make something, um, for a supper, then make a budget, give them the list, and then go for shopping. That exactly is what makes them engaged, as well, I believe, gives them the independence as well to you know, learn and be able to step on their own and you know standing at their own shoes 
and uh, yeah. being able to be more self relied rather than being relied on other people mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much and um, okay. in the end like i would love to ask you if we can find it online and also we'd love to have a message uh, from you for the audience listening to us right now um well you can follow me um on twitter it's at capital m mrs capital h hayes and then fam um and then i would just say continue to um encourage exploration and curiosity in our kids as well as teach them about the world around them in a fun hands-on way continue to create those fun experiences with our kids and enjoy the ride cuz tomorrow is never guaranteed and if no one has told you today i think you're doing an amazing job and our kids are very blessed to have you thank you so much miss nalasa for this uh, wonderful podcast that i got an opportunity to do with you and i was really blessed uh, and grateful to have you today on my podcast and listen to you today just reminded me of this uh quotes that student engagement is a product of motivation <coughs> and active learning it is a product rather than the sum because it will not occur if either of the element is missing oh so good <laughs> thank you so much it was lovely talking to you today and uh, thank you for being on my podcast thank you for having me thank you and thank you so much everyone for listening to this episode and i'll see you in the next one Till then each one each 10 have a nice day